0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We have seen the foundations of how the gospel came uh, to Ephesus, and It's sort of a wild, interesting story, isn't it? It Literally ended with a riot. uh, And we saw that in the last episode. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 1 brings it to a close, and it says this. After the uproar, okay, that's the riot that took place in town. After it had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples. And when he had exhorted them and taken his leave of them, he left to go to Macedonia. So after that occurrence and those things happened, he left town again. Okay? He had come and he had gone before. He left that time and he went. And so uh, let's jump over to the book of Ephesians now, which is what we're <clears throat> wanting to look at. And just sort of remind ourselves of the context we've looked at so far then maybe press on another verse or two. So this is Ephesians 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, is where Paul is uh, literally greeting them. And he does this in all of his writings in some form of fashion and describes something about himself. And it says this, Paul... An apostle of Christ Jesus. So remember, apostle just means one that's sent with a message. Okay, sent a heralder, a proclamator. Okay. And he's an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Okay. It was God's will for him to do this and to be this. Wasn't something he whipped up. God did this to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful In Christ Jesus. So these saints, and the Greek word literally is holy ones, in this case, Hagios, the holy ones, uh, the ones that are the believers there at Ephesus who are faithful in Christ Jesus. And we've seen some of what they went through and what it caused, okay? He says, I'm writing to those who are faithful, verse two, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. So, as Paul often does in some form or fashion, either at the beginning or the end, or quite often at both places <coughs> of the letter, he speaks grace over them. He speaks peace over them, folks. There is power in the word of God. There's power in the spoken word. It's just not a trivial little thing to say. May the grace of the Lord be upon you. May the peace of the Lord be upon you. Okay, it's a powerful thing. Now, verse 3. Now, we're moving into something here that's interesting because, depending upon which translation or which version of the English Bible uh, you read, the sentences are broken up in different kinds of way. So, I'm looking right now from the New American Standard, and verse 3 and the first, uh, most of verse 4 are one sentence. Then, the balance of verse 4, 5, 6 is another sentence. And then, 7, 8 nine, make sure I don't miss anything, most of 10 is another sentence, then the balance of 10, 11, 12 is another sentence. Uh, It's it's Pauline in every way, okay? It's a long flow of thought. And it is so important, and I I want us to just take it. uh, I don't want to go so slow that we lose sight of everything, okay? And it becomes a ponderous uh, event here. But I cannot emphasize it enough, the need for us to read the book of Ephesians, the need for us to listen to the book of Ephesians. And so these next few days, let me just encourage you to read and listen to the first chapter and just listen to the flow of this. And it really begins here in verse three. Listen to what he says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places In Christ. That's verse three. So he starts off in writing to them by speaking blessings to God the Father. Blessed be God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's speaking of God the Father, and he's blessing God for blessing us with the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Folks, we as believers are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in the heavenly places. And that word places isn't uh, in the English. If you're reading along with me, you'll see that it's in italics, which means that it's not in the original language right there. So it would read like this, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Okay, Uh, Every spiritual blessing in heavenly, in Christ. Okay. It's because we are in Christ that we have these spiritual blessings. Now, this sort of begs a question, which we'll sort of see develop through the balance of the book. What is a spiritual blessing? How are we blessed? What does it mean to be blessed with a spiritual blessing? Is it talking about salvation? Uh, uh, it's, it's actually the word pneumaticos, which means spiritual. Okay. Is it just speaking of supernatural, like a non-carnal kind of thing, an ethereal kind of thing? Is it something that is yet to be attained? Is it something that's in heaven that we don't tap into right now? Or is it something that we do tap into right now? So let me read it again. We'll continue. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. Okay? Now, we've looked at some of this before, but I just want you to see what the situation is right here. This is amazing. Verse 4. Just as He chose us in Him, the Father chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That is a point blank truth of the Word of God. And it's not just mentioned right here in this portion of Scripture. You see it throughout Scripture in various ways. You'll see it over in the second chapter that we have uh, God, uh, the work that He wants us to do today, He determined before the foundations of the earth. You see it in other writings. Before the foundation of the earth, we were chosen. He chose us in Him before the foundation. Uh, Again, I know I've mentioned it before, but people get so bent out of shape over these things. And there's no reason to. Just simply look at what the Scripture says. The Scripture speaks about being chosen. The Scripture speaks of the elect. The Scripture speaks of predestined. The Scripture speaks of being called. Okay? It's point blank. Now, where we come along is... We want to systematize it into man's creation, and then we want to say, oh, well, you're Calvinist, or you're Arminian, or you're this, or you're that. Just simply stick with what the Scripture says. Then you're going to find out that just about everybody's got some little thing that's a little wrong, (laughs) okay? Some are more correct than others, okay? But the great, wonderful truth is that we have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, and God is the one who chose us. Now, the New American Standard says that we would be holy and blameless before Him, period. Okay? The Lexham says that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. That's what the King James says. Holy and blameless before Him in love. The New American Standard and the ESV say a period, then they say, in love He predestined us. So that word, in love, can reflect back or can go forward. And it does it both ways in some of the translations. So uh, let me read this next verse real quick, and then we'll have to talk about it later. Verses 5 and 6. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Folks, there's so much right there. I mean, every word needs to be examined. Every word needs to be parsed along with that word and the words next to it to develop the ideas right here. just so much depth here. Seriously, let me leave you with the basic things. It says, verse 5, he predestined us. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Christ Jesus to himself. We are adopted to Father God through Christ Jesus, and he is the one that's determined to do that. Why? To the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise of the glory of his grace. I tell you what, my time's up. Think about that phrase, and we'll talk about it more next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then.